Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. I have Rachel Steele with me. Now, Rachel is, she's actually a good friend of mine. I've known her for many years and she was married to a lovely man called Malcolm. She will tell you a bit more about the story, but Malcolm, unfortunately, was taken sick a couple of years ago now. And so Rachel became his full-time carer. So just tell us a little bit more about that situation, Rachel. Okay. Hello, Ruth. Nice to see you. Yes, so back in 2019, in June, my husband suddenly became unwell. And in the July, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, which was absolutely awful, a total shock. I couldn't believe that he was stage four because he really hadn't had any symptoms. So from that point, as soon as we knew he was terminal, I stopped work and then spent from the July through to the October obviously caring for him as he got progressively worse and then he passed away in the October. So it was a very short but impactful time of my life, yeah, both our lives obviously, yeah. Yeah. Digressing a little bit, you said you gave up work. What is your work? So I'm a professional gardener and I work for myself, have my own business, and I've been a professional gardener now for over 20 years. So I just stopped doing that. But obviously I did, well not obviously, but I did help my clients to find replacements for me because I literally did leave them in the lurch because it was my husband was more important than my clients. Mm. Yeah, the re- uh, there is a reason why I ask you that, and we'll come to it a little bit um, in a minute. So okay. this was a huge sudden change, a huge emotional change. How did you deal with that emotion? I didn't, to be honest. I don't think I did. I think I just went into automatic pilot of doing mode yeah, I mean, I did, obviously, when I, I can still remember being in, in with the oncologist when he told us that Malcolm was uh, stage four. And I can still remember the look on Malcolm's face. I should never forget that. So that emotion was there then. But I think I just had to put it to one side because I had to just deal with the situation and I had to do the best I could for Malcolm and to support Malcolm. And there was quite a lot to have to deal with. And he also ended up sadly having five weeks in hospital because 
he had one session of chemotherapy and she was supposed to have had like nine just as um what's the word they use just to try and slow things down a bit there's a word for it because i can't remember what it's called um but after the first one he ended up going to hospital because his immunity had been hit so hard that another condition started, which was endocarditis, which is an infected heart valve. They didn't know that at the time. It took them several days to establish that's what was happening. And he was very ill with that. So we lost five weeks. And then I managed to get him home after a lot of effort, managed to get him home. And he had two weeks at home before he died. I'm interested to know what help you had at this time. Did you find that people were actually supporting you as well as him? Yeah, we were really lucky. Our very close friends, so like about six or seven very close friends rallied. They went to visit Malcolm. So because when he was in hospital, it wasn't so bad when we were home, but when he was in hospital, I was going up uh, twice a day. So what my friends did is they they would go up, they were taking their turns to go up once a day to give me a break because I still had to come home. I had to rest. I had a dog to look after. I had a house to run. So we were very lucky with that in that respect. Um, and also my family. Um, my sister was amazing. She lives and works in London, but she was coming home at weekends, obviously to spend time with Malcolm and also to support me. And she has been a huge strength I wouldn't have got through all of this without her that's for sure mm. just just to to clarify you live in a county called Suffolk which is uh, is oh, a few hours away from London it's about an hour and a quarter from London yeah 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 so given that you lost five minutes and he was in hospital and then only home for the last two weeks of his life did you find time at all to have moments that you could enjoy together in those last few days? Uh, when he got home, yes, from hospital, we did. But looking back, not as much, not as much as we thought we'd have because he lost that five weeks in hospital, which was obviously very difficult having time in your own hospital. And also when he was home, he had visitors and it, we only had probably four or five days when he was fully, or how I feel that he was fully compass mentis because he then went downhill very, very quickly. So then we didn't, okay, we, I had moments sitting with him, but I, there was no communication between us, no. No, so that was that's quite tough looking back to think that the five weeks we lost in hospital were really precious. And of course, I'll never get those back. So when he came home, we didn't yeah we had a very short amount of time to spend together yeah. yeah presumably he was too ill to go anywhere even in the car or anything like that yeah yeah I mean I did get a wheelchair and stuff and we had hoped but because he went downhill very quickly after he came out of hospital I mean I knew I knew he hadn't got much time because I I asked the oncologist and the um, they have cancer nurses and the guy who was looking after us he was very honest with me so I knew when I as soon as when I which is why I was, why I fought so hard to get him to home because um, I knew he wasn't going to I didn't want him to die in hospital and I knew he wasn't going to have long in his own home being aware that he was in his own home. Mm. 
and since that all happened and, and Malcolm passed away, you have actually had to be a caregiver alongside your sister to your parents as well. Individually, though, your first first your father and now it's with your mother. So you're mm -hmm. back in that position of being a caregiver now. Just very quickly, because I don't, I, I want to concentrate on some of the, you know, the, the, the positives and the, the happy times and, and how yeah. you are yeah. actually helping yourself get through it. But, mm -hmm. you know, how are you feeling about being back in that position again? Do you feel that you've learned a lot from the, from when you were with Malcolm? Uh, well, how I feel is, is, if I'm honest, I feel resentful. I found it extremely challenging because I I'm still grieving for Malcolm and I feel that that's I've been robbed at that time as well because my father died in April last year and then my mum became ill <laughs> so um but I did I learn anything from Malcolm um I don't know because it was a different situation different situation hmm it's interesting you say you feel a bit resentful. Um, I think, you know, the, the, for myself, uh, having been thrown into that situation, there are days definitely when I feel resentful. You feel like, you know, your kind of, your life is being stolen. Is that how you feel? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, um, I need my freedom. So when I don't get it, it's very difficult. And I have found it, yeah, very, very challenging. Um, yeah, but there's always, you know, there's always positives, isn't there? You know, you know, I'm so grateful that my mum is here. <laughs> I'm so grateful in one sense that from the day my father died, my sister has been with us. I mean, I'm so grateful for that. I mean, that's that's a huge positive because, you know, not only has she been there to help and support mum, um we've been there for each other and you know we're very close so it's wonderful having so much time and I live half the week at my mum's so you know I get to see loads of my sister which is wonderful so you know there is always a silver lining and with your mother what's going on with her uh, first of all and and is there anything that you're doing like sort of nice things you know the weather obviously in the UK is now starting to get a little bit better the days are a bit longer so if you haven't already what do you envisage being able to do with her that's fun that will create those yeah. lasting memories and that she will have fun too yeah we definitely have been doing things I mean mum's got heart failure she's had it for some years but it's progressively getting worse and she's waiting for a different type of pacemaker to be fitted so that's where she's at so she's very limited and also with covid she's an ultra vulnerable person so she hasn't we've got to be so careful anyway so what we've been doing is if it's nice we'll take her out for a drive rightly or wrongly but we don't get out of the car but we take uh, we take flask of tea we take cake and we just drive somewhere away from anybody else we just go to different parts of Suffolk in the car we'll just go out for a couple of hours and she absolutely loves that and it lifts us all sometimes I've done that on my own and sometimes the three of us have gone so my sister as well and my sister has done it independently of me we've also sometimes we'll play Scrabble of an evening just to bring that contact because my sister's busy she's working four days a week online I'm very very busy so it's just trying to have family time we'll watch 
movies so we'll watch, choose a, a movie to watch or on Netflix we've been choosing series or on prime series that we want to watch together when mum could I'd we'd walk with her she can't really walk too far at the moment but obviously once the pacemaker's been fitted she should be able to do that and we'll help her to build up her, her stamina I've cooked with her or helped her cook because she loves to bake so um I help her do that or she um, I, I sort of utilizing her to learn more. I, mean, I love to cook myself, but, you know, you can never you never stop learning. Yeah. So things like that um, we've been doing. And is there any advice that you would give to anybody who is also finding themselves in this situation that might help them to not feel quite so lonely or, or, or most to the point, not feel that it's only them who's feeling whatever they're feeling because I think the one thing that's coming out with all these chats that I'm having is the that emotional side um where we kind of feel on our own and it's nice to know that we're not so what advice would you have I would say keep in contact with your friends over the phone you know just keep in contact with them not necessarily to offload your woes but you know just have fun chats to get you away from remove yourself from that situation I would definitely recommend you make time for yourself even if it's just half an hour a day make time for you to have quiet time you know so meditate go for a walk sit and read a book uh, exercise I mean exercise I exercise anyway and that's really my salvation so I get up early in the morning and I have a morning routine which lasts about an hour hour and a half depending on what else I've got going on in my day but I get up early because that's a priority for me and if I don't do that I'm climbing the walls and I'm not a nice person because I feel even more resentful yeah I suppose be kind just be kind to yourself and be kind to the person you're caring for, which can be quite difficult sometimes. It can be very challenging, especially if it's family. And I have certainly had and still have challenges there. And I just, you know, and also I just think, yes, it's tough, especially if you're living with that person as well, some or all of the time. And yeah, and Ruth, I know you've you've had those challenges as well so but I think you have to you have to look after you first and that is totally unselfish because if you don't look after yourself which I have that's happened to me it comes at a price and it means that you are not happy well not as happy as you could be in the situation and that means that the person you're caring for is going to bear the brunt probably of your emotion and how you're feeling and that's not fair because the person you're caring for it's not their fault you know you have to remember that yeah but it is challenging I think that's amazing advice I definitely definitely agree with you about a kind of a morning routine whatever that looks like but yeah meditation and just even just quiet time sitting and breathing mindful yeah, breath work yeah all those things are such a good way to just it's almost like you're taking a moment and you're putting things into perspective and also, you know, gratitude and, and that, that is huge. To mm. Remind yourself what it is that you are actually grateful for. 
and all those things they might seem a bit sort of like um, I can't see how that could make a difference even if you did those things for five minutes you know in five minute chunks it makes a huge difference and exercise is definitely so so mm. important and yeah feel that a lot of people ignore that I know I've done in the past not in my situation now and uh, without realizing quite the power that it can have for your day mm. so I totally totally agree with everything you have just said so Rachel thank you so much for that that's been truly um, you know enlightening it's I, I love hearing other people's stories but you know ultimately what I'm finding is the, the part from the, the de- what we're dealing with in terms of the essence of any illness or, or, or the, the person we're looking after, mm-hmm. um, depending on age as well, all sorts of things. But the essence of this is the emotions that we all, the roller coaster of emotions that we all have. Um, Definitely a roller coaster. Absolutely. <laughs> And can I just add one more thing just to help the people that I found helpful is a to work on yourself and to either read stuff that's going to help you through this difficult time or listen to podcasts. (laughs) So I listened to one by Fern Cotton. I think lots of people have heard of Fern from television and radio. So she's been doing podcasts now for about two or three years and it's called happy place podcasts and she interviews people like you're doing Ruth but it's but she interviews people basically to see uh how they cope with life based and, and there's it's a huge array, array of people and I've learned so much so their stories may not be relevant to my story at all but the coping mechanisms and what they've done to help themselves have helped me but also it's just knowing that there's so many people out there feeling the way I do sometimes just makes it easier. That's easier. great advice. Thank you yeah. so much for that. And yes, that's, a, that's a, a brilliant sort of tip there as well, which I've noted down, so I shall be listening. So Rachel, thank you so much for being with us today and have a great rest of your day. Thanks Ruth. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.